Here we are. We have officially reached the Christmas season and it is the first service of December and it would be completely amiss of us if we did not bring our focus to the Christmas story today. Uh, So often the Christmas story can be passed off as cliché or not really relevant or practical to our lives. I know I am guilty of thinking this every December, but every December God wows me again with the Christmas story. And so I want to encourage you wherever you are um, to lean in to what the Lord is saying this morning. Wait to make that third cup of coffee or that extra piece of toast and just be ready to receive what the Lord wants to say to you. Open up your hearts. And um, it is a familiar story. Uh, Spoiler alert, Jesus is born to a Virgin Mary, but it has such an amazing, impactful message to our lives. And so I pray that it just breaks open the Christmas story uh, for you this morning. In um, the preaching roster, this week's topic was penciled in as Mary, a new direction. Uh, Understatement of the last two millenniums. Uh, But I remember this story was such a pivotal piece of scripture in my story when it came to God bringing a different direction in my life. And so let's read together. If you have your Bibles, it is Luke chapter 1, verse 26. We are starting and uh, this is the beginning of the Christmas story. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Now, in the past few years, I have known this idea of a new direction from the Lord very well. Uh, I thought my life was going one way, and a few years back, God completely flipped it on on its head and went a completely different way. And in the few months leading up to um, God kind of pressing for a decision from us uh, to say yes to everything that the verses journey meant, I was very aware that God was trying to get my attention. There had been prophecies given to us. There were supernatural 
answers to questions that only the Lord had known we had asked. Um, People had seen angels on stage with us. There were confirming words and signs coming at such an intense rate. It kind of felt like we were in a um, spiritual pressure cooker, that it was just such an intense awareness that there was something going on in the spirit. And you would think with all of these signs, it would have just been such an easy answer. It would have just been like, oh, yeah, of course. But it wasn't an easy yes at that point. And it wasn't until I heard this piece of scripture that we had just read, uh, but in a different uh, translation read by Christine Kane at the right time. And this translation simply said, Luke 138, it says this. So Mary said, yes. I am the servant of the Lord. Let this happen to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Now, please do not assume I am comparing myself to Mary, mother of God. I am not. My point here is that God is consistent in his character and how he operates. In 2 Chronicles 16.9, the Bible tells us that God looks throughout the earth for willing hearts, hearts that are fully committed to him. Not successful hearts, not oh, they're a good person heart, not super important at church hearts, but willing hearts and hearts that are ready to surrender no matter what the cost was. Mary had been presented with the biggest new direction that all of history had ever seen. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, every heart had been waiting for this new direction. All of creation was yearning for the redemption. And in a moment where she says, yes, the rescue plan for humanity was activated. Notice nothing had changed about her situation. She didn't walk back into town and then magically everybody just knew she was married already or that uh, somehow she, she just came out of the house and she was Queen Mary all of a sudden and King Jesus was going to come from her. Nothing had changed about her situation. She was still 14 years of age. She was still an unmarried girl, a virgin. Her name itself meant misery and suffering. She saw all of the reasons why this wasn't going to work. All of the impossibilities were still glaringly obvious. And yet she was given a promise that nothing is impossible with God. And so she believed. My dad reminded me this week of a story that Reinhard Bonnke wrote about in his book, Life of Fire. If you have not read it, it is some great summer reading that will stir your faith. But Reinhard writes about when he was about 14 years old, that one day he went down to the dock in his village because there was a lot of commotion going on, a huge freight ship had moored at their little village and he stood by that ship and he said it was just a monstrosity like millions of tons of steel just moored at this tiny little dock and as he looked up he couldn't even see one end from the other without having to turn his whole head he just he put his hand against the ship and he pushed it and to his absolute amazement it moved And he felt in that moment that God spoke to him a lesson and says, that's what I do. I move the impossibility when you are willing to engage. 
and that we see Mary. We see Mary's simple yes activated the impossible to happen for the, for the redemption plan of humanity. God takes the yes of our lives and does the impossible in and through our lives. I am here to remind you today, church, that your yes activates God's impossibilities in your life. Maybe this year has ground you down so much that you can only think about just getting through. Maybe you are thinking, I don't know how this ends. I don't know. I cannot see a way through this. I can't see an answer. I don't see when the pain ends. But let me tell you, if all you can see is the impossibilities, that's all Mary could see too. When Mary was told the promise, she responded with all of the reasons why this couldn't happen, why it was impossible. And how often we do this when God gives us a promise. He gives us a dream. He gives us a plan. He gives us a hope. And straight away, the enemy reminds us of why this cannot happen. Mary replied with, I'm a virgin. How could this happen? They won't believe me. She was gripped with fear. And notice the angel didn't argue with her. He didn't say, oh, that's a biggie. I'll check with the guy upstairs and see if he knew that about you. He, he didn't, it didn't take him by surprise. He didn't argue because all of it was true. But he simply pointed to the greater truth. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Not one word from the Lord will ever fail. Church, if he said it, you can trust God that he will do it. I want to point you to the greater truth today. Your year might have been exhausting, but I want to point you to the greater truth that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, that the power will overshadow you, that not one word from the Lord will ever fail. He is your source. He is your power. He is your promise. I wonder what miracles are waiting on the other side of your yes today. Is God trying to get your attention? I know, I know that people watching today, some of you already sense he is waiting on a yes from you. You probably know the area he's waiting on a yes. You probably know the dream he's waiting on a yes for you. And he doesn't always do it with angels or visitations or great words. Sometimes he'll get your attention with just a dream or just a conversation or a discomfort or a discontent or your situation or maybe even your pain. He will use anything to get your attention because he is looking across the earth for willing hearts. Why? Because people are still desperate for Jesus. Mary's yes brought Jesus to the earth and so will yours. The plan hasn't changed. Jesus is still the answer. You can be sure on the other side of your yes that he wants to work in you and through you to bring Christ to the world. The rescue plan remains the same since the beginning of time. He doesn't think, oh, another person said yes. I wonder what I'll do with this yes. It's, ex it's the same every single time. With a yes, with a willing heart, it is a portal for heaven to come to earth that people would know redemption, freedom, peace, joy, that they would have their chains broken. On the other side of your yes is the impossibilities that God wants to do in you and through you. He simply waits for our yes. Notice Mary didn't walk away from the conversation with Gabriel and think, how on earth am I going to make a baby on my own? Because that wasn't her role. 
And when God speaks promises to us, when God speaks dreams into our hearts and plans over our lives, church, it's not our responsibility to make it happen. No, surrender is our responsibility. Outcome is God's. And your yes to God doesn't mean it's all on you. In fact, it means it's way less on you than it ever has been. It's his word, so it's his work. It's our surrender. Outcome is God's responsibility. So you can rest in his promise and let him overshadow you as you remain in the position of surrender. There you find fullness of joy and real rest in his presence. As we read on in the Gospels, we actually find that the promise that was given to Mary that we read about this morning actually took 33 years to come to completion. Such a miraculous start, a supernatural start. It's kind of like when you start a new TV series and the first episode is awesome, second episode's awesome, third episode not so awesome and you kind of think wait there was angels in the sky there were wise men and gifts and then motherhood that's what happened to Mary Mary gave birth to Jesus and then raised him (laughs) raised him through the nappy stage through the scratch knee phase through the cooking dinner the teenage years the early 20s she just was a faithful mother to him And too often for us, what happens in the middle of waiting for the promise, when we feel the miracle is too far off, we start to lose our focus. Something else catches our eye. We we want that mountaintop experience that we had at the start when when it all felt so exciting, when, when we're so on fire for Jesus. We can look at what other people are going through. What do they have? What are they getting paid? Look at the car they're driving. Look at their kids. They're great. Look at their health. And we we turn to the left and the right. And so often we are tempted to look to what's going on around us. And then we want to fabricate a new direction for our lives to try and recreate the feeling we had at first. Because the promise feels so far off. It feels so long since that promise. It feels so long since that mountaintop experience. So long since I was excited about this. But Eugene Peterson describes the life of obedience, a Christ walk like this. A long walk of obedience in the same direction. Hebrews 12 puts it like this. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and every sin which we so easily fall into and then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out for us. We look away from the natural realm and we fix our gaze onto Jesus who has birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. See, we are called to run this race not in our own strength, but in the faith that Jesus has birthed within us through his revelation to us. If you feel tired, if it feels mundane, 
if you feel like I just don't I just don't know if I want to do this anymore return to the joy set before you of knowing God. Church, that is our greatest joy. That is our greatest prize that we would know Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right, but fix your eyes on him. An 18th century preacher, Robert Murray, says it like this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But learn much of the Lord Jesus. For every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. He is altogether lovely, such infinite majesty and yet such meekness and grace. And for all sinners, even the chief, live much in the smiles of God. Bask in his beams, feel his all-seeing eye settled on you in love and repose in his almighty arms. If you are tired or if the miracle feels mundane right now, the direction may be the same, but the mercies are new. There is new wine, there is new refreshing, there is new grace every single day for a new step in the same direction that he had called you to. He is all that you need to sustain you on the journey. Fan the flame of faith. You can do this by a simple way is take note of the voices that are in your life. Is it all social media? Is it all TV shows, all entertainment, all podcasts, or all just um, anything but faith? Robert Ferguson says this, the word on the street is not the word from heaven. And if you want faith, you need the testimony of the saints. Make sure that you are fanning the flame of faith within you with the voices around you. Get the word of faith in you so you can keep running, keep believing, keep saying yes. He is looking, church, for willing hearts that say yes. Not to a new direction, but to his will, whatever the cost, wherever it takes you, in the mountaintops and in the valleys. Yes, Lord, I am your servant. One of my favorite Christmas songs recently was um, Seasons by Hillsong. And these words just are so pivotal to us for people at right at the start of saying yes, or those who are 10, 20, 30, 40 years into saying yes to the same direction. It says this, I can see the promise. I can see the future. You're the God of seasons and I'm just in the winter. If all I know of harvest is that it's worth my patience, then if you're not done working, that God, I'm not done waiting. Because you can see my promise even in the winter. Because you're the God of greatness even in the manger. For all I know of seasons is that you take your time. You could have saved us in a second. Instead, you sent a child. He sent us a child, church. A child that came to save, a child that came to heal, a child who is a perfect sacrifice, a child who was the miracle that came rushing in and encompassed a simple yes of a teenage girl. If you need to say yes this morning, I encourage you, count the cost. That's what the Bible tells us to do. Count the cost of following the Lord. Because it will cost you more than you could ever imagine it would cost you. 
things you never thought you would ever have to give up, it'll cost you that. But give it your all because it is completely worth it. For those of you that are tired, throw off every weight, fix your eyes on Jesus. His promises are true. He is the God of miracles. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Keep running the race set before you. Find rest in Him. Find your source in Him. Find joy in Him. Find peace in Him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the fulfiller of our faith, because He never fails and He won't start now. Will you give Him your yes today? He's ready and waiting to do the miraculous in and through your life.